Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. Welcome into this special Friday edition. It's like we're the NFL delaying games two to three days. Welcome into this Friday edition of the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. Joined by Justin today. We are entering our final week of the regular season, week 13. Things are shaping out. We have two playoff spots left to name. There's a lot going on. How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing good. I'm a little little nervous i need a little bit of help in the playoffs which we'll talk about in a little bit but i'm doing okay yep so let's first start by talking about the gulag which by the way in the gulag we are now down to eight teams well i'm the lord of the veil when i grow up i'll be able to fight anybody who bothers me or you when we get married can tell me if you don't like somebody and then we can bring them back here and whoosh right through the moon door all right so eliminated this week we had andy and d slacky i think i gave him bad luck because in the chat i said congrats to andy and i tagged her and d slads and said on on making it this far to the top 10 both eliminated same week yikes that was the week after you said congrats to sam and she was eliminated to follow that next week, too. <laughs> Stop the congrats messages. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so looking at their scores for the week, uh, Andy had 90.7. The score above her was 100.64. And then D-Slads at 76.3. Everything went wrong for him. He is gone. Looking at the waivers, very interesting. We're down to our final eight. Of Jay Boaster, Sneaky Siggy, Hammerhead Clark, Danny Tarpey, China Star, C Monday, K Schneider, and Drewster Knies. So I I bring this up all the time, but it's unbelievable that Drewster Knies is still alive at this point in the final eight. He started the year off after the draft with no starting quarterback, no kicker, and no defense. I have no clue how he's still alive. I don't either. It's He's just kind of snuck by every week. He had enough good uh, positional players to keep him around. He, It's amazing. Addition- Cinderella. Yeah, Cinderella at its finest. Additionally, he has 145 fab dollars left. Kay Schneider has 27, and the other six have zero. I've never seen it where everyone runs out of fab dollars like this. Yeah. So, but I wonder if it's going to be okay because at at some point now it's just going to be a matter of for tiebreakers for these people that are bidding zero dollars. It's going to be a matter of who has the most points on the year or the highest average amount of points. True. 
I'm mean, not going to get your preferred guy, I guess, if you have a lower um, scoring team, but mm. you're going to get great guys at this point. Yeah, Drewster can get basically whoever he wants that's dropped. He just has to bid. I mean, if he really wanted to, he could guarantee a win by betting $28. It's just a matter of if K. Schneider spends her money or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But I know right now Drewster Knies has Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, and uh, Devonte Adams. Well, McCaffrey's out this week. Yep. Uh, bye week. Still stupid. But uh, the other two, yeah, that makes his team pretty stacked. So speaking of, uh, Devonte Adams went for $78 to Drewster. Christian McCaffrey went for $41 Drewster. Uh, and then Aaron Jones was won by C. Monday for $35. Miles Sanders was won for $30 to C. Monday, who the next closest bid was $1. Yikes. DeAndre Hopkins went to China Star for $26. Kay Schneider got TJ Hawkinson for $23. Stephon Diggs to C. Monday for $12. Tyler Lockett to, Chris, to China Star for 7 Brandon Cooks to China Star for 6 Cooper Cup went for six, which was the remaining amount of money for Deep Tarpy, and no one else put a bid in. Uh, Seahawks, so he's now broke. Seahawks went to Drewster for three bucks. Trey Burton went to Kayla K. Schneider for three, and then Raheem Mostert, the hammerhead, for two dollars, which was his last bid. So it's crazy how low. I mean, I know they're out of money, but like if you said at the beginning of the year that you could get a starting running back, starting receiver. For like less than forty bucks, that doesn't happen. Yeah. So right now the projected scores. So we have. I'm not going to name who it is, but scores right now are 130, 130, 135, 120. Then we have 104. Yikes. 131, 131, 143. So it seems like everybody's right around the 130 projection wise. Yeah, I remember. The first year of it, when I was in the championship game, our scores were in the 170s, 180s. Mm. Yeah, so maybe it'll get to that point in week 15 or 16. Now, let's talk about some cookies. Cookie! All right. So I know you have an announcement to make about cookies. Yes. Congratulations for the throne participants. We just set a cookie record. 370.22. Beating the previous record by a little less than five points. It was a fantastic week for cookies. Let's talk about them. So if we take a look at our weekly cookies... Quarterback, we got Deshaun Watson to Spaceballs for 41.12. That was a great Thanksgiving Day performance. Moving on to another great Thanksgiving Day performance, Antonio Gibson for Jake with 36.6. But the high-scoring running back of the week belongs to Little Slads, who went beast mode on the Indianapolis Colts. 38.5 for Derrick Henry. And he had, I believe, four touchdowns, and all of them were before the first half was over. Yep. Wide receivers, we had Tyreek Hill, 57.9, the all-time record for highest score in a game for a fantasy player in our league. Sterk, 41 points at the half. What a performance. 
And then our second wide receiver was Will Fuller on Thanksgiving, 35.1 to Sturk. And now he's gone. Yikes. Although Sturk's uh, core of other 15 receivers on this bench should be able to make up some of that. Uh, then we move on to the tight end spot where Randy had Dallas Goddard with 20.5. Looking at the flexes, we got Jarvis Landry finally has a good game to D Slads with 28.3. And then our second flex is DK Metcalf, 27.7 to Will. Uh, then we have the kicker, Young Ho Koo. The legend, 21 points for Jake. And now it's the Randy show. Defensive line, he had Joey Bosa with 19 and a half points. He was dominant. Then Darius Leonard, another one of Randy's with 15 and a half. Defensive backs, we had Marlon Humphrey with 14 and a half to Will. And the last IDP flex spot was a tie. Eric Kendricks had 14 for Ryan, but J.J. Watt had 14 for Little Slads. We're going to give the nod to J.J. Watt with the pick six defensive touchdown, which is far more valuable. Um, And he had the cookie for Little Slads. So if we look at the player totals, at the top for quarterback, we still have Patrick Mahomes with three and a three-way tie with two. Running backs, Kamara still at the top with five, and Dalvin Cook with four. And then we have five more with a tie for two. Wide receivers is a two-way tie at the top between Thielen and Adam or Devontae Adams. <laughs> Don't forget, it's a three-way tie. Tyreek Hill has ah, four. Yep, yep. overall. It... Mm-hmm. And then we have about six, seven, eight, eight players with two and two players with three cookies. But again, that counts in Tyreek Hill. In that equation. Tight ends, we got Travis Kelsey with four and then three-way tie with two. Goddard just got his second. Kickers, we have Youngway Koo at the top with four. Defensive lineman, Miles Garrett still at the top with three. Um, and then for linebackers, we have Darius Leonard at the top with three. And then defensive backs, we have Buda Baker still at the top with four, but Marlon Humphrey just got his second. Looking at the team totals once more, if we look at the order, at the top tied is Outdoor Furnishings and Fresh Prince of Hilaire. Fresh Prince of Hilaire has had such a great season. Nothing to hold his head if he does not make the playoffs on. He should make it, though, due to tiebreakers. We'll see. Plays Andy this week. Uh, Then we have... Third place, Johnny Sins Never Quits. Fourth, Amelia Clark fan. And then a tie for fifth, we have Kyler's Click and Hearst Locker. Seventh place is Positive Vibes Only, four and eight. Lamar and Friends below him. King Henry's Kingdom in ninth. Team Backflip is in tenth. And then tied for last would be Miss Burrow and or Mrs. Burrow. And then Spaceballs, the FFT. As Justin alluded to before, we have an all-time record for cookie score with 370.22. That is seven point five points above week five. No, said it. Sorry, that is uh, five points ahead of week four, which was our record. So we're going to come right back and talk about waivers as well as NFL recap. What the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? 
looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? We're past that. When? Just now. We're at now, now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. All right, so let's first talk about a couple waivers that we had. First of all, Sturk adds to his wide receiver army by dropping $20 on Kiki QT. The next closest bid was $1. Um, I agree. He's going to get a lot of targets this week with Texans having a couple of receivers out, and now he loses his guy, Will Fuller. I think that might have been a little bit of an overpay, I think... but he's also going to be this week yeah i mean like he so he originally had a bid in for 15 dollars, but like waivers was all fucked up this week because of nfl and all the random changes and stuff like that so i think he probably like was like oh now they they saw my bid so now he like increases just a little bit so he would assure that he would get him gotcha that makes more that sense. was my guess but still it was 15 dollars. um we'll see how long he actually keeps him on the, on the squad I think for this week, he's, he's a great play, and then he, he might be like a test run for the playoffs with all the Texans guys out. Mm. I think he's a good pickup. It's just insane that we'll go on to the next two waivers, are both him as well, picking <laughs> up more receivers. He now has a total, if you count his IR, pup list, taxi squad, and active rosters, he now has 17 receivers on his team. He dropped $5 from Mohamed Sanu from the Lions. And a dollar for the newly signed Tavon Austin of the Packers. Do you think either of those two guys are seeing the field for his team? Yeah, I don't think so about those. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure about those two, but 17 receivers is crazy. And that does include a couple of the guys that didn't report because of COVID, taxi, guys that are hurt. But still, that's a lot of receivers. That's kind of what I talk about every week. Uh, I was just crazy that I counted them up and it was 17. Then the last one that was anything to note about was Colt McCoy going for $2 to Andy, and she drops the Bengals back up Brandon Allen for him. And the Giants this week play against, who Seattle, I think, right? Mm -hmm. And they have a horrible defense, so not a bad pickup. No, not at all. I'm just, I was a little shocked that she dropped Brandon Allen just because Colt McCoy is not guaranteed to be the starter beyond this week. And I think then she'll be looking on the waiver wire again for someone. Yep. I don't know. So, but you, Colt McCoy is a much better outlook this week than Allen, for sure. Okay, so let's take a look at our current standings. We have one week to go. Four teams have already clinched. Two teams are in win and in situations. So Cascade Bear is 10-2 and two at the top. He has clinched a first round bye. Sterk is in second place at 9-3. and three. He wins or Amelia Clark loses. He also will clinch a bye. Um, even if he would win and, or even if he would lose and Amelia Clark would would win, he is ahead by 69 nice points right now approximately. So Amelia would have to flip the script by about 69 or more points to pass him for the bye. I don't foresee that happening, but we'll see what happens. Uh, especially because Amelia Clark probably will not have Mike Evans because he's on bye, and Julio Jones, who is doubtful. However, on Sturk's side, he just lost Fuller, and he lost Josh Jacobs for this week. So we'll see what happens. Sturk plays against Lefty as well um, to clinch that first-round bye. Now, 
Cascade Bear, he plays against Ryan, who is battling for his life, um, trying to get into the playoffs. He is currently sitting in the ninth place spot. Um, he needs a win and help right now, especially because he's behind you, only by seven though, and Little Slads by about 50 points in the points category. Um, everybody except for Lefty <laughs> is ahead of Spaceballs in the points department, so Spaceballs literally needs to win if he does not win he's not making the playoffs um so he is playing this week against will who is hoping to play spoiler that's going to be interesting to see will is off to a hot streak here at the end he's getting together he's got to be very excited about the squad that he has uh d slads also sits at about 1880 points scored he is ahead of everybody in the points. So like I said, even if he loses, he could potentially still get in because he's ahead of Spaceballs by around 130 points. He's ahead of his brother by around 25 points. Uh, he is ahead of you by 67, Prince by 74, and Lefty by 300 plus points. So I, th I think it could be safe to say that these lads could be in, but who knows? Maybe his brother will jump them. Any thoughts on any of these so far? It's crazy. Uh, there's a lot of different scenarios running through my head right now. Um, it would take a lot for Sterk to not get a buy and for Slavki to not get in. It's really all about a fight for the sixth spot, if I'm not mistaken right now, right? So D-Slad, well, it could be D-Slads could fall into sixth if he would lose this week to uh, – he would lose to Andy, and then let's say Spaceballs won. So if Spaceballs beat Will, he'll jump D Slads regardless of his points, and he and then D Slads will be fighting for the sixth. Gotcha. So there's a lot of moving parts, obviously. Uh, unfortunately, Lefty this week plays against Sterk. Even with all the injuries, Lefty's going to have to score a lot of points because right now he's behind D Slads by 310, behind Spaceballs by 180. Uh, behind Little Slab by 280, behind you by 240, behind Prince by 230. So I, I I don't see any situation in which Lefty could get in personally. That would be a really, really tough hill to climb. Especially because like he would have to score 200, you know, minimum probably in most situations and have a lot of people not scored points. So... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, right now, you play Little Slads, and that's going to be an interesting matchup. Right now, you're behind Little Slads uh, by about 43 points. So we, if you win, you'd be at 6-7. and seven. Little Slads, the loser of your game is no matter what out. So it's just going to come down to if whoever wins your matchup, it's going to come down to D-Slads and Spaceballs. Really speaking, the winner of your matchup needs this to happen. Win your matchup, Spaceballs loses. That's the best situation in which you would be able to get in. Also, if D-Slads would lose, uh, for you, you are behind by about, let's see here, you are behind by about, where is this? Do, 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 do. Yeah, you're behind by about 67 points. So you'd have, still have to score a lot more points to get back into that com competition with him. For you, the best scenario and the best path is win, Spaceballs loses. Little Slads, I think he's in a really good situation if he wins. 
because really he only needs one of the two above to lose uh, to get in. Man, I thought a couple of weeks ago that I didn't have a chance. I thought this was – I had a really rough start to the year. And now it feels good, but there's a lot that needs to happen. Nervous weekend ahead. Now, Prince, Prince Palmer, he plays against Cascade Bear, who – I mean, I guess he has the, first, the number one seed to play for, but also really doesn't have anything to play for. I guess it would rather just be about seeding and situationals. Uh What's going to happen with, with Prince is he needs to beat Cascade. But looking at everything else, it's not good. Because right now, he's not in a good situation where if he wins, the only tiebreaker he has right now ahead of him is Spaceballs. So he has a 50-point cushion there. He does have a 7-point cushion over you, though. So that could be an interesting scenario, especially if you beat Little Slats, to seeing who has the higher points for if you would win the matchup in that situation because it's only seven points not far off i feel like i'm uh what's his name on cnn right now dig digging into the numbers <laughs> oh god king john king yeah yep. yeah john king i'm digging deep in allegheny county and maricopa county so anyways prince palmer is behind 75 points to d sladkey so that would require a significant uh, boost and earn a significant jump in order for that to happen. Still, he's down by around 50 points to Little Slats. The best scenario for Prince Palmer is the following, and it would be three scenarios. He wins, you win, Spaceballs loses. Because if you win, he wins, and Spaceballs loses, then it's just going to come down to that seven-point flip of who's going to get it between you and him. Okay. That makes sense. I, I, I gotta be honest right now. I am I I know it makes sense and I know you have the numbers going, but I cannot picture this. <laughs> oh, Prince's situation? Or like what I'm saying. Just there there's a lot of numbers flying and scenarios all over the place right now. <laughs> so basically for you individually, the best situation would be you win, Spaceballs loses. That's what that's what I figured. But I meant when you start going around the other teams, I it, it's all over my head at this. point. I guess it's more so because it's not considering your, it's not including your team, so you're just focused on that spaceballs result, probably. Yeah, it is. It's just there's a lot going on, and I know that everyone has a, a good portion of the teams have a chance, and some of them, some of them are a little bit farther out there. I don't know. Yeah, it's some craziness. We'll see on Sunday what happens. Now I know Amelia Clark is dying to get a buy and he's pissed because he's so far ahead of cascade bear in the points what really needs to happen for him to get a buy is he needs to beat me which is realistic and then he also would pro like he needs the win he needs stirk i would say mm. well let's see here no yeah the only way that amelia clark can get a buy would be a win, a Sterk loss, and then he needs to jump Sterk by around 69 nice points. So that's just one thing for them to consider. Because I originally I had been thinking, I'm like, you know what? Amelia Clark could jump Cascade Bear. That's impossible. There's only one game left. Now, yeah, what could happen, though, is the Cascade Sterk flip. And I know we were talking all about that before. Yeah. Um, 
the only way I can see a team making up a 70-point gap, though, is if you have a drubbing like I just had against Randy when I just lost by, like, over 70. It doesn't happen very often in, fa- in this fantasy football league. So it'll be a really tough uh, way to get try to make up 70 points in the final week. Now for Sterk, I guess I, I am, I'm curious if he'd rather have the one or the two. Because if you get the one, you, you would get the four or five matchup. If you get the two, you get the three, six winner in that matchup. So for Sterk, if he would beat Lefty, Cascade would lose to Ryan. Then that brings up an interesting situation because then Sterk would pass Cascade without question. He's ahead by around 300 points. Gotcha. So I guess the the situation I'm looking for this weekend all comes down to D-slads and Spaceballs because if either one of them lose, we could have a situation where one or both of them drops out of the playoffs. But we also know if either one of them wins, they're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Those are matchups to keep an eye on for sure. Yep. So we got D Slads is playing against Andy. Spaceballs is playing against Will. Those are definitely the matchups to look for. So let's talk about the NFL Week 12. We had two, unfortunately, because we were supposed to have three Thanksgiving games. First of all, was the Texans and Lions. Texans win this matchup and move to four and seven. Lions also four and seven. And it was the last game Matt Patricia will ever coach as a head coach of the Detroit Lions. Will Fuller absolutely went off. AP went off. Deshaun Watson went off in the second half. Um, anything else that you noted? Uh, it was we were watching this game. It was uh, great to see JJ Watt get uh, the pick six. Uh, Deshaun just was incredible it's tough to see that will fuller isn't going to be playing this year anymore um matt patricia lasted a lot longer than i thought he was this year they the lions have not looked good and they've got talent their defense is terrible he's supposed to be defensive coach i'm honestly surprised both him and adam gase made it this long but it was also kind of a little shocking that they dumped their gm as well (laughs) they're just doing an absolute (laughs) rebuild yeah well, Lions, that's the, what is the Lions, like fifth or sixth rebuild since the Packers uh, got Aaron Rodgers? Yikes. Second game was the Washington football team absolutely destroying the Dallas Cowboys, 41-16. to 16. Washington is now tied. No, they are a half game, I think, because the Giants tied, right? They tied the e, – uh, or no, Eagles tied, right? Eagles. Tied, yeah. yeah, so Washington is actually well then they must be tied with the Giants, four and seven. Giants, four and seven, yep. So they're tied yep, with the they're... with the Giants at the top, four and seven. Cowboys are now three and eight. That division sucks. Uh Antonio Gibson, what a game he had. The Washington football team just their their strategy is to run the football down your throat and then run it some more and play great defense because they're I, I like Alex Smith a lot, but the only option they really have in the passing game is Terry, Scary Terry. Beyond that, Logan Thomas will catch a touchdown or throw a, throw a trick pass every once in a while, but they don't have any other options beyond him. And Alex Smith, he's looked okay since the injury. It's an amazing story, but he's just been okay. But they're just going to keep running it down their throats. And the Cowboys' defense is even more hot garbage than 
I don't know. It's, it's it's up there with the Falcons, the Raiders, the Texans, the Lions. All of their defenses are terrible. Chargers lose to the Bills, seventeen to twenty-seven. Uh, it was not that close, to be honest. Herbert somewhat was contained. He threw twenty-one in, incompletions. So Austin Eckler came back though, and he looked really, really good. Missed him for sure. Uh, also, I am now somewhat on the band wagon of firing Anthony Lynn because of that horrendous call at the one yard line with like 10 seconds left in the freaking game. Yeah, they, I, I, I remember I sent you a clip about how poorly they were in the two minute offense again. They had two Hail Marys that were successful, two plays in a row. It was crazy. I mean, one of them was a push off and it was correctly called. Uh, and they still couldn't score because they completely messed up when they got inside the 10. I I think at this point you need to get another coach in there because the Chargers have a lot of talent. And I think at this point they probably need some offensive line help maybe and maybe some defensive help because the rest of their offense is really good. They have Keenan, they have Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, a stable of running backs. Herbert looks incredible. What is the offensive line defense at this point? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking <laughs> offensive line probably, but they also need help stopping the run, which they can't do. Okay. So, yeah. Plug up both lines, get a new coaching staff, and I think the Chargers could be a dark horse for a playoff spot next year. Yep. Moving on. So, again, the Bills are 8-3 and three and the Chargers are 3-8. and eight. Ravens or Raiders and the Falcons. So, Falcons absolutely destroy the Raiders. People, like literally everywhere, betting communities, fantasy communities, NFL-wise, were furious about this game because Derek Carr was lined up to have an unbelievable shootout game with Atlanta, and he was piss-awful. 22 for 34, 215, one pick, literally no touchdowns, just absolutely horrendous. Yeah, three fumbles, horrible game. Yeah, uh, I think in states to call, you might have set a scoring record um, in our, our league where we drafted the terrible players. We didn't see too much of this game except for every time Derek Carr fucked up. Um, this was a terrible performance by the Raiders. This should have been an easy game where they score 40 points because the, the Falcons defense is horrendous. Instead, you give up four turnovers. They, they got a, a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Falcons ran it on down your throat, and you had a Nathan Peterman uh, sighting. Anytime you have a Nathan Peterman sighting, you're waving the white flag, and the Raiders had to. Skipping and over actually, Mariota, too. Well, I, I think Mariota's been hurt. Oh, I think okay. he's fully back yet. Um, but, yeah, Nate, when Nathan Peterman is even completing a couple more passes, I think he might have ended with a better completion percentage than Derek Carr. What in the world happened? The Raiders, yikes. Yeah, so the Falcons are now four and seven. I think they're three and one under Raheem Morris since he took over. Man, this is the second year in a row that they've gone on a run towards the end of the year to try to save a coach's job. We'll they see were, if this one lasts. Yeah, they were just talking about part. I don't know if you listened to today's episode. Pardon my take. I listened to a good handful of it, but they were talking about how this is what the Falcons do. They start off bad, and then they get to like seven and nine. So then you can look and be like, "Wow, the Falcons were a lot better team than the record showed." 
<laughs> that's that's pretty accurate, yeah. Giants Bengals. Giants move to first place in the division after beating the Bengals nineteen to seventeen. However, they do lose Daniel Jones. It's the Colt McCoy show. Uh, and they beat the Bengals who had Brandon Allen, who did not look too good. Um, big takeaways, I guess, would be Giants are in first place of a horrible division that literally anybody can win. Uh, and then Evan Ingram with six catches, 120 yards. Wayne Gallman was solid as well. 24 carries, 94, and a touchdown. Any other takeaways? Gallman's a must-start every week. Ingram has really been exploding over the past few weeks. He's not the Travis Kelsey level in a deal that you made with Andy. But he's he's getting up there to be probably a top ten, top five tight end um, very very soon in fantasy. Uh, I don't know if it's an addition by subtraction with the Colt McCoy spot. Daniel Jones he started to look a little bit better, but with the amount of fumbles and interceptions that he has, if Colt McCoy just doesn't turn the ball over, he's a better player than Daniel Jones already. It's it's really that simple. Um, and I don't think the Giants are very good either, but. In the NFC least, they have a chance to win it. The Bengals are just playing out the string at this point. Um, trying to make sure they go into next year with all the rest of their weapons healthy, get Joe Burrow recovered, and get him aligned so he doesn't die every play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like Payne Sewell could be a great pick for the Bengals. For yeah. Once in a once in a decade type offensive play offensive line player. Is that what he's been described as right now? Yeah, they're talking about him as being one of the best in like the last five to ten years. Damn. All right. He's just an absolute masher, mauler type guard. So, okay, Titans, Colts, 45 26. Titans beat the Colts, take over sole possession of first. Uh, Colts, uh, Derrick Henry, though, it was the Derrick Henry show. He had 27 and 178 for three touchdowns in the first half. This was really interesting to me because the Colts have had a very good defense this season, and yet here we are giving up 45 points to the fraudulent Tennessee Titans outside of the, <laughs> run, outside of the running game. Actually, you know what? Tannehill's been pretty solid. I don't see them being fraudulent anymore. They just pulled in a, a head in the division with two like both them and the Colts are legitimate teams. Uh, the Titans don't have a defense whatsoever. But if they just let Derrick Henry run over people and Ryan Tannehill throw some play-action passes, that's their formula for success. The Colts, I, Forrest Buckner just might have got some MVP votes in Tony Dungy's mind uh, because they're missing him, and they just ran him at the middle, and they could not be stopped for the Titans. Forrest Buckner was playing at an all-pro level and went on the COVID list, I believe, and then the Titans ran all over him. So... Colts defense has been incredible this year and DeForest Buckner I guess has been a large reason why this I thought this game was going to be a pretty close one a lower scoring game but I was very very wrong the Titans just dominated Vikings moved to five and six after beating the Panthers who are now four and eight uh they only beat him by one and this was one of those type of games where you literally didn't even know uh that there was a comeback brewing between the Vikings and Panthers uh, they had Kirk Cousins on Pardon My Take, and and they were roasting him on that. But then they were talking about that Chad Beebe touchdown, game-winning Chad, Be- Chad Beebe 10-yard touchdown uh, with 46 seconds left. Kirk Cousins has looked really, really good, actually. And uh, Dalvin Cook, not the best game against Carolina. That was weird. 
Uh, and then Robbie Anderson had four catches for 94 yards and a touchdown. Teddy came back. Are the Vikings going to make the playoffs or no? No, they're not making the playoffs. But that was, that was a fun game. Um, you really didn't see the comeback brewing at all because it was a game that Red Zone mostly forgot about beyond Jeremy Chin's ridiculousness. We got to talk about that for a second. That was insane. Two picks. No, sorry. Two fumbles, right? On back-to-back, back-to-back play. plays for a touchdown. And a nice sit by Cascade Barry. <laughs> <laughs> looked great on that bench. He looked great in the report. <laughs> you like, that was, it was like the second time in history that guy has had a good rookie season, but that's just incredible luck to be in the same, the right place twice. I think he forced one of them, but still, like, that was insane. And another another point for us to have a higher IDP scoring, when you get two fumble recoveries, uh, two touchdowns, I think a forced fumble and tackles, and you only get 27 points, that should have been, like, a 40-point performance, mm-hmm. at least. But, uh, yeah, that game, that was nuts. And it was also crazy they brought Joey Sly out there for another 50-something yards. they got to stop doing that. He's got a leg. But when you're going for 50, 60, 70-yard field goals to end the game, they're killing his stats and his confidence, most likely. Yeah, it's just not good. Okay, Cardinals lose to the Patriots 17-20. Are the Cardinals flirting a little bit with Froddy or no? They are. <laughs> like, they're- seriously, I think they may be. Like Ky- but Kyler is banged up, to, to be fair, though. He was 23 for 34. He only threw for 170. Kenyon Drake came back with two two touchdowns. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins didn't do too much. Patriots defense, I mean, Stephon Gilmore's back, so that's kind of big. Uh, Patriots are now 5-6, and six, and the Cardinals are 6-5. and five. I think they're still clinging on to a wild card. If not, the Rams passed them. If you're a fan of QB play, you did not watch this game. Uh, both played... Well, Cam was pretty. Cam was Cam was horrendous. Kyler didn't play well either, um, but the Patriots come out on top. Ever since Kyler got landed on weird in that Seattle game, he has not been the same. That sucks because he was the number. He was tied with Mahomes for the number one fantasy quarterback for about half the year, and he's kind of taken a turn the last few weeks. I really hope he can get somewhat healthy going down the stretch, or my playoff hopes or any chances for upsets are down the drain. Um, yeah, their Cardinals are a little fraudy. If they didn't have that um, Hail Mary touchdown, I think they would have lost the last four or something like that. And the Patriots aren't that great either, but their defense did the job this week. Dolphins 20, Jets 3. Jets are 0-11, and I think they're on upset territory right now. They play the Raiders this week. No Josh Jacobs. Derek Carr was ass last week. Is it going to happen? No. <laughs> so Jets, I don't, that's I like don't one of their only times they can win I don't see that happening at all I think John Gruden's going to light a fire under the, the Raiders I think Derek Carr's going to come out and have a good game Devontae Booker already had a good game this year uh, against the Broncos and I think he's going to uh, get some good running down because the Jets don't really have much of a defense outside of Quinn and Williams and Marcus May um, yeah the, the Jets I was shocked that the Jets... I think the Jets have a lead in this Dolphins game. 
I don't they know. did not. Okay, well, sad. I was going to say, we're trying to say something nice about him, but no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Dolphins, Fitzpatrick, is, Fitzpatrick was back, and he played really well. Uh, and he targeted Devontae Parker a lot. That that that, that hookup, I'm never going to bench Devontae Parker ever again in fantasy with Fitzpatrick as his QB. Uh, that's in recording. That's law now. Uh, and then the immortal, the Infinity Stone, played pretty well. So I think the Jets are going to get their win. I'm calling it. I'm calling it on the air. They're beating the Raiders this week, their only win. And the only reason I say that is so Frank Gore can retire with one win in his belt. He said he's not retiring if he would go 0-16, though. I want Frank Gore to eventually be replaced by his son. Like, I want that son to be on the same team. Like, it, it's close to happening. His son's a freshman. If he goes out as a junior, that's just two more years. What, Frank Gore will be 39 as a running back in the NFL? I think that's possible. Sure. <laughs> Browns beat the Jaguars 27-25. They moved to 8-3. and Jags are now 1-10. They are full tank mode. They had Mike Glennon out there, who actually did not look too horrible. Um, and then the Browns, Baker Mayfield looked actually solid too. Highlighted by Nick Chubb being an absolute tank and Jarvis Landry having a finally good game, which people were expecting with Odell to go out. I wonder, is Odell under contract next year with the Browns? Yes. Are they going to trade him? I don't Or try think, to trade him? I don't think so, but it's hard to tell. The Browns, even in this good year, there's been rumors about that happening. The Browns always end up trying to make moves in the offseason. Most of them usually don't pan out, but this year a lot of them have. Hmm. Um I don't know. We didn't see too much of this game. Baker played really well. Chubb and Landry played well. Jaguars for sure in tank mode, although they had uh, Colin Johnson chill on your taxi, made some nice plays with some of their receivers banged up. James Robinson continues to impress, but I don't see Doug Marone lasting beyond this year either. I think they're going to get a whole new coaching staff yeah. when they go in Trevor Lawrence or um, Justin Fields or Easton, not Easton Stick. Who's the other the small school guy that's Trey Lance. Yeah, Trey Lance. Brandon Allen or whatever his name is. No, not Brandon Allen. The guy from BYU. Oh, <laughs> okay. Anyway, Saints 31-3. to They blow out the uh, Kendall Hinton-led Denver Broncos, who was literally called up from the practice squad. The biggest highlight wasn't even starting Kendall Hinton in my eyes. The biggest highlight in my eyes was the fact that they wanted to start one of their coaches on their staff at quarterback. <laughs> that was that was crazy. Um, I can get what the NFL said. We don't want to have this be a thing. Um, what, so you can stash an extra player on the coaching staff and just have them suit up for a game. But I, I think that would have been even more fun if they, they brought out a player. <laughs> a former player has been a coach for like eight years. That would have been very entertaining. Not much to say here. Taysom Hill, look at his passing stats. 9 for 16 for 78 yards. That doesn't okay. help anyway, especially 50 of them being the Michael Thomas. I know I said before, if you're a fan of QB play, don't watch Cardinals-Patriots. There's There was two games like that this week. This one was by far worse. Yep. When you have a guy as a practice squad wide receiver who played quarterback three years ago, play quarterback again for the first time in was less than 24 hours' notice, 
I mean, you didn't expect too much. You expected maybe a hundred yards, maybe a touchdown, maybe and some running plays. And the Broncos didn't even give them a chance. Like they didn't throw screens, they didn't throw slants or hooks or anything. They had them actually trying to throw downfield. And what did they expect? Two picks. The Saints, Taysom Hill looked garbage, but they just ran all over the Broncos, so it didn't matter. Latavius Murray looked nice on your bench too. Two touchdowns. I mean, there was no chance I was going to start him, but sure, yeah. <laughs> Even when they were announcing Elephant Kamara as being injured? I mean, I had... I thought you'd for uh, sure start him over Lindsay. That was my guess. So week 12, I started Henderson, who I thought in the, the running back carousel in um, L.A., I thought that was going to be a thing. And Gio Bernard against the Giants defense when he's the lead back. I got nothing from either of them. Nope. So I'm but I still would have started them typically over Latavius. So sure. moving on then the 49ers defeat and upset the Rams 23 to 20. Uh, the 49ers are now five and six, the Arizona 49ers and then the LA Rams are now seven and four. The kick is Gould was the winning kick. Cam Akers was better, unfortunately, than Daryl Henderson. Curious what you do going forward. Nick Mullins, 24 for 35 for 252. The big takeaway was Debo Samuel, when he's on the field, is awesome. Oh, yeah, we knew that. He just struggled with some injuries this year. Uh, going forward, I am not starting a Rams running back this week. <laughs> I don't trust any of them. Um, but, yeah, Cam Akers looked really great. I I'm glad I have them chilling. Uh, <laughs> we didn't see too much of this game because we saw so much of the game we'll talk about next. Uh, but uh, the 49ers are really, really well coached by Shanahan. Uh, it was great to see Robbie Gould have a great game. Um, I'll always have a fond memory of him as on my team. Uh, and then Aaron Donald finally did something again. I know he's being double and triple teamed every week. But there was about two weeks in a row where he literally had zero fantasy yep. points because of those double and triple teams, and he had a really good game again. And then the game that everybody thought was going to be a 40-40 game. Chiefs defeat the Buccaneers 27-24. Let's call this the Tyreek Hill game. 13 catches, 269 nice yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, should have had four, right? Or am I wrong on that? Mm. No, I'm thinking of Miko Hartman, who was missed in stride by Mahomes. He was literally wide open. But we also saw on the replay of that play that Tyreek Hill was open at the top of the screen. Um, this was such a weird game because the Chiefs were completely blowing him out in the first quarter. We were losing our minds at how well of a game Tyreek Hill had been playing. And then after that, it was like they didn't score many points. They were punting the ball a lot. The Buccaneers were taking over and slowly but surely creeping their way back into the game. Yeah. It, this was two really good teams. And it towards the end, they you realize that they were two good teams again. At the beginning, it was just like, oh, wow, the Chiefs are just in another class. They're just going to keep picking the Buccaneers' ass all game, up and down the field. They just keep throwing it to Tyreek. Then when they started double and triple covering him, and they started running the ball effectively. And then the second half, it just, the switch was flipped. And the Buccaneers, they have a really good defense. They finally figured it out. I mean, Pat Mahomes almost threw for 500 yards. 
cards. But second half, it wasn't that much. Buccaneers just kept playing well enough and hanging around long enough for Tom Brady to do some good things, even though he had a couple picks and didn't play that great. So if he would have hit Miko Hartman in stride like he should have, that would have been another touchdown. That would have been over 500 yards for Mahomes. I would have beaten Spaceballs. Just a side note. Yeah. Who, by the way, I lost by 1.42 points right now. I don't even know because there was a game yes on Wednesday if they've even done stat corrections yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I, I'm very disappointed in Mikol. I thought the second year, especially with that Sammy Watkins injury, that he was going to be a big factor. And he's getting beaten out and snatched by Byron Pringle <laughs> and Denard Robinson. I'll take him for a fourth. Um, I'm gonna show. I'm gonna keep him for a little bit longer, but he's not doing well. <laughs> Packers Bears. Packers win 45, 41 to twenty five. A lot closer than it actually was. Uh, they absolutely destroyed the Chicago Bears. Alan Lazard came back, had an okay game. Uh, Allen Robinson basically gave me the L. I was pissed like the whole game because they kept throwing him the ball, and I was telling you. Literally, so I'm watching on YouTube TV, so I'm assuming you're watching live or something. And I said, mm-hmm. they better not freaking throw to Allen Robinson here. And I get a dot, dot, dot text. And I read that. And I'm like, you better not be what I'm, what the hell is going on. <laughs> Literally touched on, I throw my phone. <laughs> it was all garbage time points, too, because so he was shut down. He was shut down until um, they started scoring the fourth, third and fourth quarter, and the Packers weren't really, they took their foot off the gas. Um, this was so much fun to watch. Mitch Trubisky looked okay at times, but then he fumbled on what should have been a face mask um, twice. Uh, but he had a couple picks. Um, he threw them both directly to Darnell Savage. I think he got colorblind for a little bit and thought <laughs> that green and gold meant black and white. I don't know what that was. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Packers just dominated. They ran the ball all over him. Aaron Rodgers had a fantastic game, throwing four touchdowns. Devontae Adams had a great game. Tunyon had a great game. Lazard was back in the offense. MVS proved his name, Mr. Inconsistent. Um, the defense did everything they could in the first half, and then they kind of let their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter with 15 garbage time points. This game was not a 16-point game. This was like a 35-point game <laughs> all the way. Matt Nagy, that- after the game, also destroyed. What did you say? Packers the commanding lead in the division now. Yeah. Did you see Matt Nagy absolutely destroyed his players as if it was their fault? <laughs> yeah. Like show, look in the mirror. Show some class. Actually try. I'm like, dude, shut your fucking mouth. He's not a good coach. Would you rather have, let's say that for whatever reason, Green Bay did not have LaFleur. Would you rather hire, pick one of the three. You have to do it. No, pick one of the four you have to do it to be the Packers coach. Matt Patricia, Matt Nagy, Anthony Lynn, Adam Gaze. I I guess Nagy. <laughs> you have to keep him for you have to keep him for two years too. Patricia's awful. Gaze is the worst head coach in NFL history. Um <laughs> Lynn is an awful game manager. He's a great players coach, but he can't. He doesn't know how to play the game of football while coaching. So I, I'm going to 
go with Nagy, I guess, who is also not a good coach. Wait, you think you think Gase is worse than Hugh Jackson? Yes. Oh my gosh, he was like a combined two for twenty. No, no I'm kidding. Two for twenty-four, I think he was. No, there's thirty-two yes. games. He was two. Was he really two and thirty? Oh my god, I gotta check this out. Yeah. Okay, he's not worse than Hugh Jackson, but he's not that far behind. I don't think. So. <laughs> Oh my god. Hugh Jackson, three wins, thirty-six losses, one tie. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Seahawks, Eagles, DK Metcalf game. Let's go. DK, ten catches, 177 yards. Um this is ridiculous. Their leading rusher was Carson Wentz, five for forty-two. Yeah. It was literally um, 0-0 after the first quarter, too. Well, yeah, because the Seahawks went for it twice on fourth down correctly and had two horrendous play calls for it. Um, Yeah, the Eagles, Carson Wentz looked like garbage, but they still had Jalen Hurts in for a, a series, and they said they were going to be more like they were going to do more stuff with Hurts, and then they only had him in for a series. Russell Wilson didn't even look that great. It was mm. just a really weird game. So Seahawks are now eight and three, and the Eagles are three seven and one. Last game took us all the way to Wednesday, the first ever Wednesday night football game, I think. No, not Wednesday night. Wednesday afternoon. afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Steelers are now eleven and zero. Oh. Nineteen to fourteen victory over the Ravens. Uh, Steelers are eleven and zero. Ravens are now six and five. Frauds, frauds, frauds. Even with this game, not even in mind. Uh, by the way, Trace McSorley, you got to look up his song "Banger." <laughs> uh, I didn't know he was a rapper, but uh, yeah, it, the Steelers was a big loss though. Bud Dupree was a torn ACL out for the year. That's a huge loss for them. Uh, him and T.J. Watt screaming off the edges—that's what made their defense click. Um, the Ravens just the Ravens had ten practice squad call ups for this game to have enough players to field the roster for this game. Robert Griffin didn't look great. He looked great as a runner, didn't look great as a thrower, and then he got hurt. Trace McSorley throws one bomb to a uh Marquise Hollywood Brown or corner fell down and you're not gonna catch him once he starts running to make a lot of people very nervous about the spread and then lose the spread because of it. Um, yeah, the Steelers look really good. Ben Roethlisberger throws a random 50-50 floated floater ball and down the middle of the field in a must-catch situation, and James Washington came down with it. That was probably the play of the game. I was going crazy. That, yeah, that catch in traffic by Washington was nuts. Don't you have him on your team? I do. Nice. For nice, Mr. Dude. That was the trade that I made with Will. Especially because Juju's and, probably going to be gone, I think, after this year. That's what I think, too. I think, and then it's going to be Claypool, uh, Washington, and Deontay Johnson as their top three. I'm, fe- I'm feeling good about that now uh, with MVS looking pretty good the past few weeks, but then he had one of his Mr. Inconsistent performances, and I was okay with it. <laughs> yeah, so three things I was going crazy about at the end of the game. First of all, I beat Conrad by .3 in my Goons League because he was starting Steelers defense. And that long touchdown by Marquise Brown put me ahead of 
of him, but I was still freaking out after that because it was like four. Remember when it was fourth down and the Steelers went for it? I'm like, are you kidding me? Or I was like, do not punt, do not punt, do not punt, because I didn't want him to throw a pick or fumble or <laughs> something stupid to the point where he'd win or get a sack, especially when I'm yeah. up by point three. So I got so lucky there. I was so pissed at the beginning of the game because I was up by 16 points and like in the first three minutes, Steelers get a pick six. I'm like, are you shitting me right now? <laughs> this is what it's going to be. Second thing I was going crazy about was our sarcastic ball because we had our last playoff bid on the line and Joe was about to get bounced out. It literally, I think Robert Griffin III needed like seven points or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was at one time at negative three or something, and Joe was so hyped. And then I'm like thinking there was three, four drives left for the Ravens. He eventually gets benched, and I'm like, are you serious? This is how it's going to end? I go crazy as well because <laughs> Trace McSorley literally would have won Gilbert, Heat Wave, the victory, and the playoff spot. By the way, they would have got completely trounced. Um, but instead, Joe gets in. He, additionally, right now, thinks he's going to get destroyed. Uh, he's playing against Albuquerque right now, who starts Herbert, James Robinson, DK Metcalf, Travis Kelsey. I think that's two. There's two other guys. I don't remember who they are, though. Yeah, he's getting trounced. So he, he got in the playoffs. Like he really, Joe did a lot of moves to make sure he got in the playoffs, but he lost all the future of his team. Yeah, so. not good. <laughs> not good, because he's going to be like a very quick elimination, potentially. Okay, so we will be right back. I know you and I are going to go to the Mecca. We're going to watch Marquette beat the Badgers. We are Marquette. Uh, no. I command you to go back out there and fight. I'm not tired. at the top of my matchup so I actually lost the space balls 151.4 to 152.8 a 1.4 point victory for space balls originally I had lost by four but some some sort of change must have happened I gotta take a peek to see if stat corrections are final but I am now seven and five space balls is six and six I was curious when and I know we talked about this yesterday also shout out Marquette buzzer beater uh, we talked about this last night about um, we talked about the stack correction and not knowing when and or if they were going to happen because of the, the Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon football game. So my team, we had Patrick Mahomes at 37.2, should have had a lot more. Naheem Hines, 17.5. Wayne Gallman with 18.5. So I used their nicknames. The CEO, sandwich artist, and FBI agent. (laughs) And then I started quarterback Kendall Hinton in the wide receiver spot, hoping to give myself an advantage, which, to be honest, it was a risky play, and I don't even know if I should have been playing around. Oh, well, who cares? Negative 2.7 for Kendall Hinton, 1 for 9 for 13 yards, 13-yard catch by Noah Fant, two picks. The only time he's going to ever be a starter in fantasy football. (laughs) Then I had the gym teacher with 10.5. Disappointing. Insurance agent, though, always pays off. 16.2. 
Flex says <laughs> I had entrepreneur and pipe specialist 8.8 and 17.3. I've talked about it at length. Pipe specialist. That catch up, by the way, along the sideline for a touchdown was sick by Ronald Jones. Yes, it was. That was an awesome play. Taxi driver with 11 as my kicker. IDPs didn't do anything at all. My high score was five and a half. On Spaceball's side, it really all came down to President Scrub. He was like the only one that just completely went off with 41.1. Then he had Lone Star 2.9. I guess he did have Dark Helmet with 27.4, a lot of garbage points. Uh, Chest Buster, Chest Burster with 17. Spaceball Trooper 4.5. Prince Valium 13.7. Flexes include Colonel Sanders with 1.4 and the Space Special with 10.8. Spaceballs, the breakfast cereal, had 12, gave him the victory on Monday night. And then Dr. Schlockton with 10.5, Colm Guy with 6.5, but everybody else was pretty relevant. Like I said, Spaceballs is now in a win-and-in situation this week versus Will. Moving on to your matchup, where you lost by 73 points to Randy to move you to 5-7, and seven, him to 8-4. and four. On your side, it's... It was a pretty close matchup, I think. <laughs> On your side, it really started with the head of the click having 7.9 at quarterback. That was not good. Running backs, we yep. talked about it yesterday. Not good either. Daryl Henderson, 1.9, and Gio Bernard was 6.9. Wideouts, though. Uh, Christian Kirk, 4.9. I know you're regretting not starting Devontae, even though it wouldn't have mattered. And then best receiver in Dull League with 18.1. Your tight end, Eric Ebron, I know you like him a lot, 12.4. And then flexes include Amari Cooper, 23.2 on Thanksgiving. Brandon Cooks with 13.5 as well. Rex Specs disappointed with two points. That's crazy. They scored 26 points. I think they went for two a lot. They did. And he didn't miss any field goals. So. The Monster with 11.5. And, and then the rest of your IDPs didn't really do too much. Randy's side, though, he got production from all his IDPs, that's for sure. Russell Wilson, another disappointing game, 16.4. Do you think Randy's worried going into playoffs about Russell Wilson? I think Russell Wilson's good enough that he'll start snapping out of it and he'll be back. He's got the weapons with DK and Tyler Lockett, that's for sure. Running backs, Mm -hmm. though, two disappointing games. It just sucks that you couldn't take advantage because Dalvin Cook had 10.2. You don't see that often, and Miles Sanders at 6.2. Wide receivers, though, that's where it really started to take a form. You had Mike Evans with 20, A.J. Brown with 25.8, tight end even, Dallas Goddard 20.5, and then the flexes, Demir Bird with 6.3, and Nick Chubb with 26.6. IDPs, like I said, Joey Bosa 19.5, Darius Leonard 15.5, and then Jordan Poyer at his defensive back with 9. So. Yeah, didn't matter that all his running backs didn't play that well. Every other position was impressive. And Julio was out. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the next matchup, then we had D Slads against Sterk, and D Slads lost big time, one thirty-seven to two hundred eight. So he lost by seventy points. This moves Sterk to nine and three, and D Slads to six and six in a must-win matchup, according to him this week. So, on D-Slad's side, he's got Teddy Two Gloves with 15.8, Mike Davis with 11.9, and the Prince Untouchable with 4.9. Unfortunately, he's not going to be able to start any Panthers running backs this week. 
Wide receivers, Stephon Diggs, 11.9. And Jarvis Landry, again, great game, 28.3. Tight end, disappointing because of the Kendall Hinton game with Noah Fant, 2.3. Only wide receiver slash tight end with a catch. And then also for flexes, we had Raheem Moser with 10.3. Robbie Anderson with 19.4. He's got a lot of Panthers. Yeah, he does. It's going to hurt him this week. IDPs, he's got Jonathan Abram with 10.5, who is now going to be out this week. So that's a key loss as well. So on his Sterk side, he had 17.4 from Josh Allen. Another disappointing game, but he'll be back probably. Flex, or sorry, running backs, Josh Jacobs, 5.4. He'll be out this week. Chris Carson with 13.9. Wideouts, he has Will Fuller in his swan song with 35.1. And Keenan with 16. Tight ends, he's got on the board with 6.3. And then flexes, Tyreek Hill, 57.9. Brashad Perriman with 13.4. IDPs, TJ Watt, 11.5. Chuck Clark with 9. Nick Kwiatkowski with 8. KJ Wright with eight and a half. So his IDPs did really good this week. So Sturk's nine and three. D Slads six and six. Cascade Bear against Andy. Cascade wins. 146 to 129. It moves to 10 and 2. Andy moves to 2 and 10. Opposite side of the stick here. Oh boy. Outdoor fireplace. 0. 0.6 points. Three fumbles, one pick, 215, 22 for 34. Gross. Backyard lights, 36.6, and yard bench with 5.5. <laughs> Whiteouts, disco ball, 12.6, mosquito with 17. Tight end, Cambrate, no nickname, 7.4. And then Pudgy Pie Maker with 7. Giant Sombrero and Shades with 10. The legend continues, 21. And I know you, I posted in the chat about how he's averaging more points in the last four weeks than like four really, really good players. Yeah, um, it was. Since week eight, Young Youngway Koo is averaging more fantasy points per game than DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, Aaron Jones, and Kareem Hunt. Yep. Goes to show you that every once in a while, kickers can swing matchups. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal Adams, 11 and a half. IDPs, the rest of them were meh. Andy side, Brandon Allen, 8.14 running backs. Melvin with 4.1 and Leonard Fournette with 5. Wide out, she's got Justin Jefferson, 26. Cooper, two girls, one cup with 6.1. Tight end, Evan Ingram, 17.4. And flexes, Taxi King with 11.2. Curtis Samuel, 12.7. IDPs, meh, once again. Moving on to the next matchup, we had the backflip is real. Is that what it's called? Oh, the backflip back is, is right. Versus positive vibes only. Four and eight now. And positive vibes. Getting hot at the, at the end of the season here. Wins by fifty-eight to move him to four point or four and eight, and then backflip is right five and seven. So backflip had hole in one or two for thirty-three point six. Uh, running backs cover up six point two. Temptation with fourteen point seven. I don't understand these references. Do you? Are these all like? I, are these all like uh, Alex Trebek mentions or something? I, they must be. I, I have no idea. Okay, and then Bonkers with 3.1, Take 2 with 7.1, and then Tight End, Now or Then with 16.6, and then Flexes, Cliffhangers with 10.1, Pathfinder 6.7, and then IVPs, pretty meh. 
On Will side, we had Bucks and Sixes Doppelganger with 18.4, his first somewhat disappointing game against the Bills. And then Redbird with 26.9, Cyclone 25.3, both great games. Yep. Did either of them get a cookie? I don't think they did. No, there was there was that many good players on the flex spots and running backs. This whole team was great this week. It was. Decaf Metcalf, 27.7. Kind of back, but can't confirm, 9.1. Remember last week we were saying, yes, he's back. I mean, that was an okay game, but they also didn't play, pass the ball at all. So No, it, it, it kind of helps if your quarterback actually completes passes and pays them <laughs> complete that many. Hawk Eye, 13.1. <laughs> Mintberry Crunch 11.2, Long John Silver with 17.7, um, Finding Nemo with 14.5, and then Row the Boat 7, 2020, 3.05, 6.5. So, and Law and Order SBU with a big fat zero. <laughs> law and Order. <laughs> Moving on then, we have Little Slads versus Prince Palmer. We had Little Slads goes to 5 and 7. Lamar and Friends, other side of the story here with 137.2. So Little Slads wins by nearly 40 points. He had a gross game from Jared Goff, who had two picks and a fumble, 3.02. Then running backs get out the way, 38.5. And am I a wide receiver with 4.7? Clearly he wasn't a wide receiver this week. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Wideouts, he's got Robert Woods, 15.8. Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry with 17.2. Hoop Dreams 9.3, Flexes, Baldy 23.9, <laughs> and Juju with 17.7. Jason Sanders, the kicker, 12 points, and then defensive lineman, J.J. Watt, 14. A couple other guys with 7. On Lamar Friends' side, we had 2009 round 1 first overall pick, 18.1. Running backs, we had 2017 round 3, 67th overall pick. God, why does he have to do this to us on the podcast? 7.2. We can we can skip his nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> Kenyon Drake, 24.3. Cole Beasley, 11.3. And then DJ Moore, 10.1. Micah Sick, 11.5. Flexes, we had T Tyler Lockett with 5.3. T. Higgins with 15.4. Defensive line, or sorry, defensive uh, IDPs here. Eric Kendricks with the linebacker with 14. And Jesse Bates with 7. So, crucial game for little slads and prince palmer this week which starts tomorrow i'll have you talk about week 13 all right we'll start off with week 13 the matchup that can decide a playoff spot potentially it'll be me versus little slads right now little slads is projected to win by three 168.8 to 165.07 so it'll be a very tight one uh, i'm gonna start with head of the click at qb Jonathan Taylor at running back, Gio Bernard as well. Then at my wide receiver spots, I got best receiver in the league, Devontae Parker, Amari Cooper, and Brandon Cooks. I'm um, starting Eric Ebron at tight end. And I got Monster and Bobby Wagner in my IDPs. Hopefully I get some good points by them. For uh, Little Slads, he's got Jared Goff uh, against Arizona. Uh, get out the way. Uh, who's been on fire, and Baldy uh, at the running back spots. At wide receivers, he's got Robert Woods, so he's got the, the combo with Goff and Woods. Uh, Scary Terry. Then he's got Hoop Dreams at tight end. Uh, and the flex spots, he's got MIA wide receiver, looking for a bounce-back game. 
Juju Smith-Schuster, Jason Sanders, who is, oh, I thought he was the number one fantasy kicker for a while. He's number two now. And some solid IDPs. This matchup, I'm sure a lot of people will be looking at because it most likely determines a playoff spot. Then the next matchup is the many jobs of Johnny Sins versus Team Amelia Clark fan. As of right now, Team Amelia Clark fan is supposed to win 182 to 169, approximately. Uh, the money jobs will start the CEO, sandwich artist, and FBI agent at wide receivers. He's got doctor and gym teacher. Tight end is insurance agent. Uh, and the flex spots, he's got news anchor and pilot. News anchor is an interesting start. Um, then you got some other solid guys in IDPs and kickers. Um, banker returns. He'll probably have a great game. Uh, for a Team Miller Clark fan, uh, you got Russell Wilson versus the Giants defense. That should be some points. Delvin Cook should have a nice bounce back game as well. Miles Sanders is going to run over the Packers because they can't stop the run at all. Then um, Julio Jones questionable this week. Um, and then A.J. Brown at the other wide receiver spot. Dallas Goddard will be a starting tight end. And then in the flex spots, he's got Demir Bird and Nick Chubb. Uh, no... Mike Evans or week this week because of NFL's wonderful decision to have a bye week this late. Uh, and then he's got Joey Bosa and Darius Leonard both coming off of monster games. If this were to happen, Amelia Clark fan would go to nine and four and many jobs of Johnny Sins would be seven and six. So we move on to the backflip is right versus Hurst Locker. Um, Hurst Locker's playing for another for a bye in the playoffs, Backcliff is right needs a lot of help and to win. But right now, the Hurst Locker is supposed to win 172.4 to 128.1. For the Backcliff is right, he's starting hole in one or two. At the running back spots, he's got cover up and temptation. At the wide receivers, he's got Pathfinder and take two. Tight end is Rat Race or Rule 81 or Rule 86. Um, at the flex spots, Yikes. Cliffhangers and Master Key. Uh, and then he's got the top IDP and Jordan Hicks, I suppose, at 909. 9.09 uh, projected scores. Then you got Stirk with 27.6 projected from Josh Allen. Then you got J.K. Dobbins versus the Dallas defense. That's going to be points. Um, Chris Carson. And then Wide receiver spots, he's got Tyreek coming off the monster game and Keenan Allen, who's projected to outscore him. We'll see if that's true. Uh, on the block at tight end, Jamison Crowder and Brashard Perryman. Wow, a pair of Jets uh, at the wide receiver position, or the flex positions. So if this were to make true, Sterk would be 9-4, Lefty would be 5-8, and eight and not be making the playoffs, but we'll see. We'll move on to the fourth matchup. We got... The Fresh Prince of Hilaire versus Mrs. Burrow. This could be a close one. If the Fresh Prince of Hilaire wins, he's in the playoffs. If he doesn't, uh, we already went through the scenarios yesterday. We'll see what happens. Uh, Mrs. Burrow will be starting Colt McCoy. Uh, then she's got Melvin Gordon and DeAndre Swift. If he plays uh, at the running back spots at wide receiver, she's got Justin Jefferson and two girls, one cup. At tight end is Trey Burton. Uh, in the flex spots, you got Taxi King and Michael Pittman. And she's got some solid IDPs uh, playing. Then for the Fresh Prince of Hilaire, he's got 
Carson Wentz against the Packers. You don't really know what you're getting from him in each week, but with he's got a lot of Panthers that are out this week. Raheem Mostert and the Prince Untouchable at the running back spots, who is questionable. Uh, Jarvis Landry coming off a cookie and Stephon Diggs at wide receiver. Noah Fant with an actual quarterback this week at tight end. And then in the flex spots, he's got David Moore and Hunter Renfro. This should be a pretty interesting matchup with all his Panthers out. But if this projection holds true, D Slacky will be 7 6. Mrs. Burrow would be 2 and 11. And D Slacky would be head of the playoffs. So then we can move on to Cascade or Outdoor Furnishings versus Lamar and Friends. Right now, Lamar and Friends is supposed to win uh, and move to 6 and 7. Cascade Bear would then be 10 and 3 with a 148 to 135.8 loss. Ryan, Lamar and Friends would be right in the mix of the playoffs then at 6 and 7, but we'll see if everything breaks right for him. Uh, Outdoor Furnishings is pretty much locked into a number one or two seed. For Outdoor Furnishings, he's starting Outdoor Fireplace after a terrible performance, but he is playing against the Jets, so we'll see if he can uh, bounce back. He's got Backyard Lights and Yard Bench at running back, at Disco Ball and Mosquito, some solid wide receivers. Um, I now know why he's projected to lose, because he has Cameron Brait on bye starting at tight end. Pudgy Pie Maker and Giant Sombrero Guy with glasses at the flex spots. And the legend continues at the kicker spot. And that's most likely who the top fantasy uh, kicker. Um, I'm not sure. If he if he starts another tight end, he's got Richard Rodgers as his backup. Ryan would still project him to be winning then. Ryan starting Matt Stafford um, versus the, the Bears. He's got um, Elvin Kamara and Devontae Booker with a start this week with Josh Jacobs out. Cole Beasley and T. Higgins at the wide receiver spots. Robert Tunyon uh, at tight end. And then Tyler Lockett and Kenyon Drake at the flex positions. And Eric Kendricks is projected to get double digits fantasy points for an IDP, which would be impressive. Um, We'll see if these projections hold true and all of the craziness of the playoff scenarios. Ryan could be right on the edge of making the playoffs if he wins this matchup. And we'll move into the final matchup. With Spaceballs, the FFT versus Positive Vibes only 4 and 8. Positive Vibes only might have to change his nickname after, or team name after this because he's projected to make his record be 5 and 8 after a close 5 point victory over Spaceballs. If Spaceballs wins, he's in the playoffs. If he doesn't, he'll need some help. Spaceballs is starting President Scrooge at QB, Lone Star and Chest Burster at running backs. Dark Helmet and SB the Flamethrower returns um, at the wide receiver. Prince Valium is his tight end. Eagle 5 and the Space Special are the flex positions. And he has Spaceball the kicker back. Uh, for positive vibes only, he's got Bucks and Sixes Doppelganger at QB. James Redbird and Cyclone after two great performances in the running back spots. Decaf Metcalf and kind of back, but not really. We'll see if he's fully back again at wide receiver spots. Hawkeye is his tight end. Mintberry Crunch and What is Dead May Never Die or not, that's not his real nickname. The Infinity Stone and the Flex Spot. And he's got the Chiefs kicker Harrison Butker who was very interestingly dropped. Um, so if that were to hold true Spaceballs would most likely need some help in the playoffs. But all of this we'll see once Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday games wrap up. I just got an alert that Jordan Howard got called up from the practice squad. Do you think that's anything of note? 
Interesting. Um, Miles Sanders has not been playing well, and Boston Scott's been a pretty good backup. So maybe their other backups are hurt? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Interesting show ahead of us coming next week after we know our finalized bracket. Um, also, it seems as though some people have been curious if I'm going to be running the draft lottery after playoffs or during. I've not made a decision yet. What do you think? I mean, I think maybe let the the playoffs happen and then do it afterwards because you kind of want to see the whole point of playing fantasy football is to have fun too, but to go win the championship. So mm-hmm. I think it's more of an off-season thing, but... All right, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode.